I mean his head's screwed on. He only had one head, said Dunbar impatiently. He wasn't a monster. It's my daughters who are the monsters. Only one head, said Peter. What a dull fellow. When I get antidepressed, I have more heads on my head than bees in a bonnet. <laughs> very well, very well, said Dunbar. He looked up at the ceiling and then boomed down in the voice of Wilson. You can't cling to the trappings of power without the power itself. It's just... He paused, trying to avoid the word, but eventually letting it fall on him from the plaster above. Decadent! Oh, decadence, decay, and death, mm, said Peter in his thespian tremolo. Descending syllable by syllable into a narrow grave, how lightly we have tripped down those stairs like Fred Astaire's, twirling a scythe instead of a cane. Oh, God in heaven, said Dunbar, his face flushing. Will you please stop interrupting me? People didn't used to interrupt me. They listened to me meekly. If they spoke, it was to flatter me or to make... Lucrative insinuations, but you, you! Okay, guys, said Peter, as if addressing an angry mob. Uh, give the man some space. Let's hear what he's got to say. I can do what I bloody well like, cried Dunbar. That's what I told Wilson. I am informing you of my decision, not asking your advice. Just make it happen. Dunbar raised his eyes to the ceiling again. I'm not only your lawyer, Henry. I'm your oldest surviving friend, and I'm saying these things to protect you. You presume too much on our friendship, I thundered. I will not be lectured on the company that I alone created. Dunbar raised his fist to the ceiling and shook it. At that point, I seized a Fabergé egg that lay in a nest of tissue paper on my desk. It was the third one that month. How monotonous the Russians were with their imperial pretensions. Bunch of jumped-up Jewish kleptocrats pretending to be Romanov princes. I didn't need their bloody rusky trash. I shuddered, flinging the egg into the fireplace behind my desk, scattering pearls and fragments of enamel across the hearth. What do my daughters call it? I asked Wilson. Bling! Bloody rusky bling! Wilson remained impassive. These infantile tantrums had become almost daily occurrences. Causing some worry to my medical team, you see, said Dunbar to Peter excitedly. I can read his thoughts now. I've got... Um, I'm afraid to say that you've got psychotic insight, said Peter, the Harley Street consultant. Oh, Pish, stop pretending to be a doctor. Well, who shall I pretend to be? asked Peter. Just be yourself, for heaven's sake. Oh, um, I haven't got that one down yet, Henry. Give me someone easier to impersonate. How about um, John Wayne? Peter didn't wait for an answer. We're going to bust out of this joint, Henry, he drawled. And by sundown tomorrow, we'll be walking into the Windermere Saloon and ordering a couple of drinks from the bartender like a couple of real men in charge of their own destinies. 
I must tell my story, wailed Dunbar. Oh, God, let me not go mad. You see, said Peter, ignoring Dunbar's distress, I am, or I was, or I, I used to be, who knows whether I'm history or not, a famous comedian, but I suffer from depression, the comic affliction or the tragic affliction of the comic, or the historic affliction of the tragic comedians, or the fiction of the tragic affliction of historic comedians. Please, said Dunbar, I'm getting confused. Oh, <laughs> I'm anti-depressed, I'm anti-depressed, sang Peter, leaping from his chair, locking arms with Dunbar and encouraging him to spin. I'm so anti-depressed that I'm mad. <laughs> he stopped and suddenly let go of Dunbar's arm. Sound of screeching tires, he cut in.